If you would look in your Bible to the book of Philippians to chapter 2. Philippians and in chapter 2, and I want to read verse 5 through verse 11, a passage of scripture we've gone through many times over the years, but it is a great lesson here for us concerning our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our subject this afternoon is Jesus alive forevermore. I think sometimes we may take that for granted, but what a blessing it is that Jesus is alive forevermore. Philippians chapter 2, and I began in verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took a, a, upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want to point out two things here. Number one in verse 8 concerning Jesus. It says, He humbled Himself. You look at verse 9, God also hath highly exalted Him. Jesus Christ humbled himself. God the Father highly exalted him. We will look further at that as we do go along. I'm going to the book of Acts to chapter 2. The book of Acts and in chapter 2, here I'll begin in verse 32. Acts 2 and in verse 32. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God, exalted, as we just read in Philippians. Therefore, being by the right hand of God, exalted, and having received of the prom of the Father, the promise of the Holy Spirit, which he has shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. Look in chapter 5 of the book of Acts, if you would. Acts, and in chapter 5, and in verse 30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel 
and forgiveness of sins. Jesus Christ, highly exalted. I want to mention this concerning the exaltation of Jesus Christ, Him being exalted by the right hand of God. Jesus is the only one who truly deserves, who merits what he receives from God. He's received much from his Father, and he deserves every bit of it. And he is the only one who deserves what he receives from God. As far as glory, being glorified with the Father. His, his merit consists of his humiliation. He humbled himself. He suffered and he died. He had complete obedience unto the Father. And uh, this also is true of none but Jesus Christ. He is the only one who has ever been perfectly obedient unto the will of the Father. And therefore, He is exalted by the Father. I'm going from here to the book of Revelation and in chapter 4. In Revelation and in chapter 4, and I'm going to read verse 11. Revelation 4 and in verse 11. Well, you look at verse 10, you have the, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever. That's our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He liveth forever and ever. And these four and twenty elders cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Now I'll say again, He is the only one who is worthy. He is the only one to receive this glory that is mentioned in verse 11. Jesus Christ. Again, he's alive forevermore. If you look in chapter 5 of Revelation, and you can read all the way through here, but I want to notice some things in verse 1 through verse 14 in this, this chapter. And I'll say again, no one is worthy but Jesus. Revelation 5 and in verse 1, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? Notice the question that was set forth, who is worthy? Who is worthy? Verse 3, And no man in heaven, 
nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, said John, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. The only one. There was no one in heaven, there was no one in earth who was worthy to open this book. Jesus Christ, the tribe of Judah, the line of the tribe of Judah in verse 5, the root of David, he is worthy. Why is he worthy? Why is he worthy? Well, the answer is here in our, our reading. It says, weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed. Just in those two words, there is so much. He hath prevailed. We sing sometime, and it's one of my favorite hymns, Victory in Jesus. We have victory because He hath prevailed. There would be no victory for us, and He would not be worthy to open this book if He had not prevailed. For God gave Him a work to do. And he prevailed, he finished that work. I want you to notice some things here in the next verse. John writing this said, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as it had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Notice what John says about the Lamb. Jesus, the Lamb of God. He's now exalted with the Father as Brother Jeff mentioned in the Bible study this morning, he has received now the glory that he had with the Father before the world was. We have read that he is highly exalted, but I still think of his physical body. I still think of his appearance. And I notice here in verse 6, that there stood a lamb as it had been slain. There was a lamb, and it had the appearance of a lamb that had been slain. That should tell us much about the appearance of Jesus Christ. 
we see sometimes artists and their perception of Jesus, even as he has already ascended back to the Father, and his body that they, they picture is nothing like the body that I see in the Word of God. There is a lamb as it had been slain. It had the appearance of a slain lamb. Now, hold your place in Revelation, if you would, and go with me to the Old Testament, to the book of Zechariah. The book of Zechariah, and next to the last chapter in your Bible. And there are words of prophecy here concerning Jesus Christ. I'm just going to mention verse 1. In that day there shall be a fountain opened to the house of David, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for sin and for uncleanness. There is a fountain filled with blood. There is a fountain. This fountain is the Lord Jesus Christ, and it, it pictures His sacrificial work and what does flow from Him and His work. Notice the fountain, water. If you have a fountain, water flows from the fountain. Well, from the fountain of Jesus Christ flows all the blessings and benefits from the fountain. Another prophecy in verse 6, One shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thine hand? I've told you before, it does not say scars, it says wounds. He's a lamb, and he still appears as a lamb that was slain. But the wounds are not healed, they're still wounds. What are these wounds in thine hands? And the answer, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. If there's any doubt whether this refers to Jesus, read the next verse. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. John said, I looked, behold a lamb, as it had been slain. How horrible those wounds of him must have been as he suffered and died. It is grotesque to even think about the wounds of the Lamb of God. Again, how terrible they must have been. But now they are glorified in the glorified body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And these wounds seem to be His glory. 
He is there exalted as a lamb that had been slain. Now I'm going back again to Revelation and in chapter 5 and read verse 6. John said, I beheld and lo. That indicates not really surprise, but unexpected. John saw something he did not expect to see. And lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders, John said there stood a lamb as it had been slain. There stood a lamb as it had been slain. And I'll say again, I have no doubt that these wounds that were prophesied are not the very glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think when we come face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ, we are going to see the wounds whereby he did shed his blood for us. Look back to Revelation and in chapter 1. Revelation and in chapter 1. Again, if you think about the picture that people have of Jesus, we know no one knows what he looked like, no one living today, but we see the conception of artists and everything. Well, I want you to notice the description that John gives of Jesus. And think about John the one that leaned on Jesus' breast, the one who was known as that disciple whom Jesus loved. Notice what he has to say. I'm reading Revelation chapter 1 and in verse 12. John said, I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned... I saw seven golden candlesticks. In the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. Now he gives a description here of this one. Clothed with a garment down to the foot and, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hair were white like wool. Have you ever seen a picture of Jesus and the artist's conception having, giving him white hair? Well, I haven't. John said, this is what I saw. This is what I saw. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet, like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace. And his voice, as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in her strength. John said, when I saw him, 
I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. What a description of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read this again, not the whole thing. I'm reading verse 18. Jesus said, I am he that liveth. He makes this announcement. He's telling John, you might recall John was standing there at the cross of Jesus when he was crucified. It was John that was standing there with Mary, the mother of Jesus. It was John who was given the commission even as Jesus did hang on the tree. In fact, Jesus was saying, John, take care of my mother. Mary, this is now your son. Jesus here is telling John, I am he that liveth. I'm not a dead Christ. I'm not a dead Savior. I'm not a dead Redeemer. I am alive. I am he that liveth. Now John, make no mistake in the same verse. Make no mistake, I was dead. What he tells John. I was dead. I didn't just faint on the tree. I didn't just pass out. I didn't come so weak that I, I, I could not move or do anything. I was dead. I was dead. I am he that liveth and was dead. And then notice this, he said, and behold, I am alive forevermore. John, I want you to know this. This is what he told John to write in a book. He told John the things that you hear, the things that you see, write it in a book. We're able to read it today and even rejoice in it because John wrote this in a book. And God preserved it for us. If, notice some things here if you would. And again I'll say, I don't know very much about heaven. I just know very little about heaven. Looking forward to getting there, but I just don't know much about it. The one thing I do know will be glory with the Lord. And that's enough for me. But I want you to notice this. As John, as it says in verse 12, when he turned to see the voice or the source of the voice, to see the one that was speaking to him, John said, when I turned, uh, I saw these things. And he describes what he did see. And in verse 16, the latter part of the verse, as he describes Jesus Christ, his countenance was as the sun shining in her strength. 
That'd be pretty bright. Be pretty bright. You and I have no idea of the brightness of the sun. We're a long way from it. What is it, 93 million miles to the sun? We're a long way from it, and it gets bright to us sometimes, but we don't know the real brightness of the sun. I guess some do, but consider what John saw here. The countenance or the, the appearance, the body of Jesus Christ was as the sun shineth in her strength. Among all the objects of heaven, Jesus Christ will still have the preeminence. There will not be anything there that will outshine Jesus. His countenance as the sun shineth in her strength. Look at chapter 1 and in verse verse 8, rather, rather verse 18. He said, I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Jesus amened himself. He said amen to what he said. Amen means truly, truly, verily, verily. This is of a truth. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And he said, I have the keys of both hell and death. Then, as I mentioned, verse 19, write the things which thou hast seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. John, I want you to write these things. Revelation chapter 19 and in verse 16. Again, the description that is given of our Savior. In verse 16. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. He has the preeminence. No one in heaven or earth greater than this person of Jesus Christ. And he lives forevermore. He lives forevermore. Hebrews chapter 13 and in verse 8. Hebrews chapter 13 and in verse 8. It says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Now there is a change from that state of humiliation we read about to begin with to the state of glory where he is now. But Jesus Christ himself, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is exalted, highly exalted, receives all honor and glory in heaven. John said, when I saw him, I just felt as someone that was dead. I don't know what caused John to fall as he did. 
Maybe it was just the glory of Jesus Christ just overcame him. I go to several places here in the Bible. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Consider Jesus living forever. He lives on our behalf. He is exalted by the right hand of God. But there's things that are going on. What is Jesus doing? And I mentioned this recently. What is he doing? What is he doing now? Well, he told us in John chapter 14 in the first few verses, especially verse 2, I go to prepare a place for you. Now, hold your place there. I want you to compare Scripture with Scripture. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew and in chapter 25. And here I'll read verse 34. Matthew 25 and verse 34. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father... Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Well, there's a kingdom here that's prepared for God's elect, and that's those on the right hand of Jesus. There's a kingdom prepared for them from the foundation of the world. Yet Jesus said in John chapter 14 and in verse 2, I go to prepare a place for you. Now what all's involved in this preparation of Jesus, I don't know. There is this kingdom that is prepared for us, but evidently somewhere in that kingdom that is prepared for us, Jesus is making further preparations for the saints of God. As our forerunner, and upon completion of his redemptive work, he's gone to prepare a place for us. He's gone to prepare a place for us. There are many benefits from what we have looked at here. Jesus being exalted, being glorified, Jesus alive forevermore. You remember on one occasion he said, Because I live, ye shall live also. Do you know we have no eternal life unless he is alive? Unless he is alive and alive forever, he said evermore. Alive forevermore. One of the great benefits that we have is I think Romans 8, 1. There's no condemnation. You read it in the our English Bible, it just simply says... There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. If you were to read that in the original, it just makes a flat statement. No condemnation. 
what it says. No condemnation. What a statement. But if he does not live forevermore, what then? What then? Our salvation depends upon him living forevermore. I'm going back to Hebrews, and I'm going to bring this to a close. In Hebrews and in chapter 1, Hebrews and in chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. If you want to see an advantage that people have because Jesus came into this world, because he was made flesh and dwelt among us, in time past, according to verse 1, God did speak to the fathers, the saints that were living in time past. He spoke to them by the prophets. God would speak to the prophets. The prophets would in turn speak to the people and tell them what God said. But things changed hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. The Word was made flesh. God the Father gave Jesus a commandment, what he was to say and what he was to speak. Jesus said, the words that you hear, they're not mine, they're the Father's that sent me. God hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. What an advantage. Whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. Now here, notice this. I mentioned the brightness. His countenance was as the sun that shines in its strength. Notice this. Who being the brightness of his glory, Jesus Christ, alive, in glory. He appears there as a lamb that had been slain, but yet his countenance is as bright as the sun in its strength. And here we are told that he is the brightness of the glory of God. There's no other light in heaven other than Jesus. He is the light. The Lamb is the light thereof. Think about glory. I don't know how big heaven is. I can measure the new Jerusalem. I know that. But I don't know how big heaven is. But one person lights it all up. One person is the light thereof. His Notice here in verse, verse 3. He who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down on the right hand 
of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Jesus Christ, alive forevermore, highly exalted by God the Father.